Hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode 81 of Now We're Talking. I'm Rob Danish from the University of Waterloo, and this is a podcast about communication skills. So in the last episode, we were talking about transitioning from pre-reflective communication practices to reflective communication practices. And mirroring is one great example of a very specific communication practice that's so important that I want to talk about today. I've made I've talked about mirroring in lots of other episodes um, so it's a pretty simple practice, um, but I thought maybe I should make an episode completely devoted to it because it's so important. Um, so, you know, I might be repeating some things I've said in earlier episodes, but it's really, really important stuff. So, okay, what's mirroring? Mirroring, uh, sometimes it's called isopraxism also. It's essentially a form of imitation. And as I've said before, um, imitation is really how we learn. Uh, in in some ways, it's a neuro behavior, in in us, but in really in all animals, or at least many other animals too. And that neuro behavior involves a kind of display in which we copy each other. Why? To comfort each other. So that kind of imitation is soothing somehow, and you can do this with speech patterns, with body language, with vocabulary with the tempo at re- or the rate at which you talk, with the tone of your voice. And almost always, it's un- an unconscious behavior. So this is one of those things that, uh, in a lot of ways, especially non-verbally, is pre-reflective. So we're rarely aware of it when it's happening. But it's a sign, when it does happen, that people are bonding or that they're in sync. And it's a sign that there's a kind of rapport that's being build, built, and that rapport generates trust. So mirroring um, can be a pre-reflective, unconscious behavior. But we can also learn how, and when it, when it operates as a pre-reflective, unconscious behavior, it's productive of a, a strong, trusting bond. So we know that, and we can take that and figure out how to make mirroring into a conscious, reflective communication practice. Um, so let me just talk about the pre-reflective part of this first. So it's a phenomenon that follows a basic biological principle. Uh, we are afraid of what's different from us, and we're drawn to what's similar to us. So that stupid saying, birds of a feather flock together, well, there's truth in it. Um, so when we consciously practice mirroring, uh, we are strategically suggesting similarity. You're saying, trust me. So, and a mirror, uh, when it says trust me, signals to someone else's unconscious pre-reflective communication practice. You and I were kind of similar. So once you're attuned to the dynamic, and you know, if you listen to this episode, you should go out and see it everywhere. You know people who are couples walking along the street, their steps are in, in, in sync. Friends in conversation at a park, they, they both might be nodding their heads or crossing their legs at about the same time or in the same fashion. Those people are connected. Um, so mirroring is most often associated with these nonverbal communication practices, like with body language. Um, 
and, and that's really, really important. It's a way for you to see the pre-reflective uh, communication circuit and the kind of production of trust and bonding and connectedness through that pre-reflective uh, unconscious communication circuit. Uh, negotiators and or master negotiators at least focus or use mirroring that focuses on words and nothing else, not body language, not accent, not tone or delivery, just words. Uh, and so this is how the FBI trains their negotiators. And it's almost laughably simple. It's like ridiculously simple, but powerfully effective. And the reason it's powerfully effective is that the FBI negotiators are making this into a reflective, reflexive practice. And they're using that reflexive practice on people for whom communication is not a reflexive practice. And they, those people on whom they're using it unconsciously or pre-reflectively respond in ways that that makes sense. So for the FBI, a mirror is when you repeat the last three words or the critical three words of what someone has just said. So that's, uh, and that's integral to the FBI's hostage negotiating skill set. It's simple and effective. Um, so, and this is the same thing that I teach my students, you know, say back to this, the person you're listening to, the last three words that they said, or what you think are the three most important words that you heard. By repeating back what people say, you unconsciously trigger the mirroring instinct in your, the person you're talking with, and your counterpart or this other person will inevitably kind of elaborate on what was just said and sustain the process of connection um, or bonding. So there's a psychologist named Richard Weissman. He created a study uh, using waiters to identify what was more what was a more effective method of creating connection with their strangers, their customers in restaurants. And he had the waiters practice two groups of waiters practice two different things: mirroring and positive reinforcement. So the group of waiters that used positive reinforcement, they sort of praised and encouraged their patrons. They're like, "Oh, this is great. You know, that's no problem. Sure, I can definitely do that. You know, you're such a good customer." Uh, so you know, positive reinforcement. The other group of waiters just uh, repeated back their orders to them. So if one waiter was, uh, if one customer is like, well, you know, I want a steak that's medium rare, the waiter would just say, okay, steak medium rare. <laughs> so, you know, really, really simple. And the results of this guy's study were amazing. The average tip for the waiters who mirrored was 70% more than the average tip of those who used positive reinforcement. So mirroring created, the hypothesis was that mirroring created more of a kind of feeling of in sync or connectedness with their patrons um, than positive reinforcement did. I think that's worth kind of like pausing on for a second, seeing how simple yet effective this was. Um, okay, so let's kind of, um, on what, why is this going on? Uh, because the the patrons in the restaurant were pre-reflective communicators. They weren't thinking about the fact that they were feeling more connected to this person or why. And um, the, the waiters were being reflexive communicators. And I think that difference is massively important, especially if you're listening to this podcast, like the whole idea is you know if you've listened to uh, you know a bunch of these episodes all i'm trying to do is get you to make this transition from pre-reflective to reflective communicator um 
and recognize how changes in practices can have enormous different kinds of effects. Um, so here's a simple, so here's a way to confront people. You know, so mirroring can get uh, more complicated and more effective in more complex tasks. Um, but you know, if, if you're listening and you're a waiter, I mean, the evidence is in, just mirror back to your customers what they say. Just repeat their, the words that they, they tell you back to them. That's it. They'll feel connected to you. Um, but let's talk about uh, mirroring in a situation where maybe there's confrontation or tension. Um, so let's consider how useful mirroring as a reflexive practice can be in, say, an average workplace where there's always someone in a position of, of authority and that person has, has arrived at their position by being aggressive and assertive and intimidating with kind of old school, top down, uh, the boss is always right mentality. Um, so let's assume that that person, you're working with that person and it's not very fun. <laughs> and well, okay, how to use mirroring? Because this person's going to be a, um, a pre-reflective communicator. Um, so uh, in this case, the the let's call this person the boss. The boss uh, comes by, um, or the, let's say the boss has this practice of coming by your office uh, late in the day, and this was a joke in office space, in lots of office um, comedies. The boss comes by late in the day, and he announces an urgent thing, an urgent assignment that really needs to be done that will create a lot of work for you. And you know that this is unnecessary work. So your instinct, your pre-reflective instinct is somebody comes by and says, we really need to do X, it's urgent, it's really important, it has to be done now, you've gotta do X. And your instinct is urgent, that's not urgent. Like that's just a bunch of extra work. So your instinct is gonna, your pre-reflective instinct is going to be to contradict or debate or push back against the your boss's suggestion. but. Let's also look at what's happening unconsciously. The boss's assertiveness itself will, in a pre-reflective person, elicit assertiveness in response. So the assertiveness begets more assertiveness. That's what the mirroring effect tells me. Um, okay, so you don't, if you debate him, if you debate the boss, it's inevitably a him, by the way. If you debate the boss, uh, you're going to get pushback. And you're going to have tension and conflict with the boss. So what can you do that's different? Um, so let's say the boss comes by at the end of a long project, pops his head in your door and says, uh, we really need to write a final report on this by the end of the day. And you have to have copies of the report to everybody. Let's use mirroring. And let's add, I'm sorry to it. Uh, so I'm sorry is a great sort of addition. You can start with I'm sorry. I'll explain why in a second. So I'm sorry, we need the final report by the end of the day and cop everyone has to have copies. So you mirror the response. Um, the intention behind the mirror is please help me understand what's going on here. And every time you mirror someone, they'll reward you uh, they'll, they'll kind of, they will reward what they've said and they'll never say it exactly the same way they said it the first time. 
So uh, if you ask someone, what do you mean by that? You're likely to make them defensive. But if you ask them, sorry, uh, everybody has to get a copy and the report needs to be due by the end of the day, you'll get clarity on what you want while signaling respect and concern from the other person. And the other person will have to reword what they've said and expand on it. So the boss is going to say, yeah, a copy for every one of us and for the customer and by the end of the day. So let's do it again. I'm sorry. So you're saying that the, the customer is asking for a copy and everyone in the office needs a copy for internal use? And now the boss will, well, I have to check with the client. Maybe they haven't asked for a copy. And I definitely want a copy, but maybe not everyone in the office needs a copy. I like everyone in the office. So now the, the, your boss is going to expand. You've used mirroring to allow your boss to expand on what they have to say. Um, and then you might say back, well, okay, so thanks for being willing to check with the client and for thinking about whether everyone in the office needs a copy. And now your boss has to think through, again, their rewording. Does everyone in the, they'll have to expand on that. Um, and then you might say, okay, you know, um, and you want this by the end of the day. So you mirror back the by end of the day part. Uh, yeah, I would be ideal. So your boss is like, yeah, it would be pretty good if it was by the end of the day. I guess it's not an emergency. No, you know, no one is going to act on the report by the end of the day. Like, so now your boss is talking more. You've done like a whole bunch of things that happened just by you mirroring back to the boss. You've created space for the boss to expand on what his thinking, which you didn't know beforehand. You've ratcheted down urgency because you slowed down the process. So mirroring really slows down the communicative circuits in this case when it's consciously done. Uh, so you've really changed the you've really changed the dynamic of the conversation. And, and here's a kicker. Mirroring will feel will make you feel really awkward as hell the first time you try it. It's going to feel super awkward. That's the only hard part about it, really. The, take, the technique involves virtually no practice at all. It's incredibly simple. Once you get the hang of it, though, it, it becomes like a conversational Swiss Army knife. It's valuable in every professional and social setting because it slows down the pre-reflective, unconscious, communicative process uh, when it's done verbally like this. It tactically kind of um, opens up space for people to make different kinds of contributions and for you to generate better understanding. Uh, and it can get you ultimately what you want pretty quickly with the boss. Like you didn't want to make that report by the end of the day and distribute it to everyone by the end of the day. And now the boss has rethought uh, that whole command and all you did, and you didn't make him feel defensive by the way, so I forgot, that's the other major component of that. So the boss ends up not feeling defensive, but feeling like he can really trust you because you have shown him that you and, and he are alike, are on the same page, have shared mutual understanding just by virtue of you repeating back or mirroring back to him what he originally said. So you've you've manufactured trust in yourself from the from the boss with this technique and you've gotten what you wanted you don't have to do the thing that he asked uh by in the timeline that he asked it in uh and you know you diffuse the kind of command and control angry frustrated anxious sort of um uh i don't know um uh 
sort of feeling that is manufactured every time this boss walks into your office at the end of the day. Okay, so mirrors work. I, I'm telling you essentially that mirrors work magic. Repeat the last three words or the critical one to three words of what someone has just said and see what happens. We f and that's because we fear what's different and are drawn to what's similar. And mirroring is literally art of, of suggesting similarity at which facilitates bonding. So when you use mirrors to encourage other people to empathize and to bond with you, to keep people talking, to buy time uh, for yourself, to encourage other people to reveal their strategies and their thinking and their reasoning, etc. Um, I think I wanna, I, I've been thinking about making an entire episode on slowing communication processes down, and maybe that should be, should really be the next episode, but mirroring also slows the communication process down so that it's one kind of central way of disabling negative, unconscious, pre-reflexive mirroring and enabling or, and using mirroring instead to enable uh, the kind of slowing down of the communication process so that you can more reflexively engage in it. So the, the reason I teach mirroring as an initial communication practice, uh, an initial pre-reflexive communication practice is A, People are usually terrible at, listen at listening. They usually have a habitual pre-reflective way of listening that just seeks out the information that confirms or disconfirms their belief system. And then uh, they listen in order to, to argue mostly. Um, so A, it's, it's we have bad pre-reflexive communication, listening communication habits, and this is a reflexive good habit. But so that's A. B, it's super simple. It's really, really, really easy to do. See, it feels really awkward right away. So you you get the same feeling my son had when I tried to make him throw a baseball in the, in the right way. Um, and D, it slows down the communication process or the communicative interaction, the act-reaction circuit, so that you can um, create a kind of space in which you can more strategically act generally. You can engage in more reflexive communication practice once you've slowed those circuits, those those communication circuits down. Uh, so mirroring does that. And of course, the last reason that I try and teach mirroring is that, uh, as I've said in this podcast many, many, many times, uh, so if communication is the effect that you have on others, one of those effects is the strengthening or the weakening of the connections or bonds or relationships that we form. Mirroring is a surefire reflexive practice for strengthening bonds, for creating uh, and forming a, a kind of trusting, trusting relationship. So it is the simplest, most direct and easiest practice to uh, generate trust and to, to generate or strengthen a kind of bond in a relationship. Um, so I think that this is in some ways the simplest episode of this entire podcast. Uh, but I wanted to use it as a clear kind of illustration of the previous episode's focus on transforming pre-reflective communication practices to reflective communication practices. Because in many ways, mirroring exists both pre-reflexively, you know, when things are going well, when we feel connected to someone, we mirror them without thinking about it, and it can happen reflexively. People who are master communicators use mirroring reflexively and not pre-reflexively. I think that's the central message that I want to make sure is clear. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'll be back shortly with another new episode.